You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby from Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is The Prayer Podcast. Good morning. Welcome back, everybody, to The Prayer Podcast. We are in middle of going through the Talmudic and Midrashic sources about prayer. What is the power of prayer? And we start today with a Talmud in Ta'anit and then a Talmud in Sota. It says the following, The prayer of a man isn't accepted, meaning mankind. The prayer of mankind is not accepted. A person's prayer is not accepted till he places his nishama, his soul, like it's in a spoon. What happens in a spoon? It can tip. It can tip. Uh, I'm in the mercy of the person holding that spoon. If they don't drop me, like you put sugar sometimes, you put it and it spills. It spills on the table. What are you going to do now that the sugar is gone? The prayer. When we pray, we have to feel like we're on that spoon that the Almighty is holding. And pray hard enough. We pray with the right focus. Make it real. Oh, Then the prayer is heard means we feel we're at the mercy of the Almighty. Now, the Talmud in Sota says a very similar thing. It says, Ain't shal adam nishmas, The prayer of mankind isn't accepted. Only if a person makes his heart like the heart of flesh, not the heart of stone. A person can have a heart of stone where he's just cold-hearted. We call it cold-hearted. Or stone-hearted. No, no, no. Flesh-hearted. That we feel that we are vulnerable. We feel that we are limited. We feel humbled by the awesome powers of the Almighty. If someone is humble, his prayer won't be thrown out. His prayer won't be pushed aside. Because God loves humility. When we pray, what do we do? Which is why some people bow. They stand bowing when they pray. Because prayer means I'm humble. Prayer means I recognize that it's not for me. It says that a king, what would a king do? We bow four times in the Amidah. A king bows the entire Amidah. He needs to be bowing the entire Amidah. Why? Because it's very easy for a king to get carried away and think, you know, I'm all powerful. <laughs> I, I can kill anybody I want at any given moment. I can, I'm, I'm the powerful. No, 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 no. It's very easy to forget that you're just a servant of God. It's very easy to forget. What, is a, what does a king need to do? A king needs to bow the entire Amidah remember and keep on reminding himself every single day that he's a servant of God. A constant reminder. There are three things that completely remove a difficult decree. And of course, one of them is prayer. Now, we mentioned previously in our introductions why is it important for us to pray? If God is going to give us what we need anyway, why are we praying for things? So I want to offer another idea. 
And that is, it's not because we're trying to persuade God, but we're trying to make ourselves worthy of that blessing. In the process of prayer, we're trying to elevate ourselves and make ourselves worthy of that blessing that we want. So let's say we're asking to win the lottery. God says, no, you don't deserve it. You're not worthy of it. God, I'm praying for it. Uh, not, we don't pray for the lottery, but we should pray for, pray for livelihood. We pray for good children. We pray for, there are many good things to pray for. We're praying, Hashem, make us worthy of that blessing. We want to get to the place where we're worthy of that blessing. There are three things that a person should always jump to and they'll be saved. And this is something we say in our prayer in Rosh Hashanah at the highlight, at the apex of our prayers, at the pinnacle on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur. And that is Teshuva Tefillah Utzedakah. Talmud Yerushalmi says that prayer, tzedakah, charity, and teshuva, repentance, are the three keys for a person to be saved of any troubles. Talmud in Tractate Yavamot tells us that you need to put your eyes downward, not to be arrogant, not to look up like me, I'm so... I'm so mighty, I'm so strong, I'm so arrogant, but rather humbled. person should put their eyes towards the ground. Their heart, though, should be elevated. Their heart should be facing the heavens and talking to the Almighty. It's an important thing for us to realize that our prayers are delicately heard by the Almighty. Every word that we whisper, every word that we cry out, Every tear that we shed is very carefully and lovingly held by the Almighty. It's not something we should ever think, oh, well, pray a little bit more, pray a little bit less, not a big deal because, you know, everything just is on autopilot. No, 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 there's no autopilot. The more we put ourselves in the hands of Hashem, the more that relationship grows. And the more we ask from Hashem, the more guidance, the more we will see that guidance. If we want to live in an isolated world, God, I'll ignore you, you ignore me. Okay, so that's the way it'll be. And that's not a great way to live. Nobody wants to be in a marriage where the husband lives his life and the wife lives her life and they're just on different, you know, they're under one roof. They share their expenses. No, you want to live together, to be unified as one. You want to do that with the Almighty, to be unified as one. Bring God in. You bring God in, he brings you in. The Talmud and Sanhedrin. Someone who prays, he needs to see that he has the presence of the Almighty, the Shekhinah, right in front of him. As the verse states, Shiviti Hashem I should always envision the Almighty before me at all times. You're praying Pray with the recognition you're standing in front of the Almighty. A person should be very, very careful with the recitation of the Shema and the Amidah and all of prayer. Don't 
make your prayer routine. Don't make your prayer a routine. Elo rachamim It's very easy. I say the words. It's the same words I said yesterday. And the same words I said the day before. And the same words I'd said the day before. And every day I just say those words. Not even realizing what I am saying. A person should instead invest, like we are hopefully going to continue to do in our classes here, is invest in learning what each word of the prayer means. What does it mean? And internalize it and focus on it and invest as much time as possible. This is one of the great rewards that our sages tell us will be bestowed on a person who invests in prayer. That the principle is in the world to come and the interest is here. You'll benefit from it here in this world and in the world to come you will derive pleasure from that reward. A person needs to purify his heart prior to praying. What does that mean? What does it mean to purify your heart? Our heart can be in many different places. How many times do we have things on our mind? Things that are distracting us. Things that are not allowing us to focus properly. Before prayer, rid your mind of it all. Rid your heart. You have hatred towards someone, erase it before prayer. We want to have blessing in our day. We want to have success as a result of our prayers. We have to clean our our hearts from anything, purify our hearts from anything that's distracting. Tshuva does half the job. We want to connect all the way to Hashem. Tshuva does half the job. But prayer does the whole job. You know, I'm reminded of the story of Rabbi Lezer ben Durdia, Tractate Avodah where it talks about the man who lived a sinful life. And then at, at his very last moment, well, it wasn't his last moment yet. He didn't realize it was going to be, but in repentance, he did so much teshuva, he did so much repentance, and he cried out, which is the prayer part. He cried out to the heavens, please, Hashem, forgive me. Please, Hashem. And then a heavenly voice came and said, Rebbe Eliezer ben Durdiyar, you're welcome to the world to come. Why? It wasn't only teshuva. Teshuva gets you far, but only halfway. It only gets you halfway. Prayer gets you the whole way. Talmud, the, the Midrash says, Amru Yisrael, our sages, the, the Jewish people said, When the temple was standing in Jerusalem, when we had a temple, we'd bring an offering and our prayers would be accepted. We'd bring an offering and we would have an atonement for any of our mistakes. It would be the form of connection with the Almighty. But today, with the only thing we have, we don't, we can't bring those offerings. What do we have? We have prayer. We have the ability to talk to God. And perhaps it's a greater connector even than bringing the offerings. You see, there was a time where the, where the connection that you were able to establish with the Almighty was so great. You can just go to the temple and you can see the offerings in the temple. And you can bring an offering yourself, a sin offering, a thanks offering, a thanksgiving offering. There was a lot of things, many ways in which you can express your love for God. But do you think God doesn't know that there's going to be a generation 
3,335 years after the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai, where the Jewish people are going to be living out in Yehopetz or out in Houston, Texas, and they're going to be so far from Jerusalem, 8,000 miles from Jerusalem, and they're going to feel disconnected. God says, I'm going to give them a tool that can connect them even more than bringing offerings, and that's prayer. It's an unbelievable power that each of us possess, the ability to talk to God. You want to know the power of prayer? If prayer doesn't do everything that you ask for, at least half you'll see. At least half of what you want, of what you're requesting, you will get. That's what the Midrash tells us. Now, we said that prayer is even greater than offerings. So the Medrash Tanchuma says, from the fact that prayer is greater than offerings. Just the mere fact, even if a person is not worthy of his prayers being answered and for the kindness to be bestowed upon him. He says, since the person is advancing in his prayers, a person is marbe betatchunim, he's tachnunim, he is saying prayers and praying and praying, I'm going to do acts of kindness with him, even though he is not deserving of it. And he brings a verse to back this up from Psalms called Orchas Hashem, Chesed ve'emest, all the ways of Hashem are kindness and truth. Kindness or truth are opposites. Kindness means I give you even what you don't deserve. I'm kind. You don't deserve it. I'm going to give it to you anyway. What is truth? Truth is yes, yes, no, no. You deserve it, you get it. You don't deserve it, you don't get it. That's the way it is. Kindness and truth don't really get along but the Almighty brings them together. He says, you know what? The truth is you don't deserve it, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I'm going to give you the kindness. Just as the service in the temple was called service, so too prayer is called prayer service. It is a service. It's as if we're bringing the offerings at the temple. The same way in which they brought the offerings on the temple when it was standing, so too, and it was a service of Hashem, so too our prayer is a service of Hashem. A person should wake up early for prayer because there's nothing greater than prayer. The Medrash on Tehillim says, At the moment, that you stand to pray, your heart should be happy. Why? Because it says, serve Hashem. What is service? Prayer. Serve Hashem with joy. And what does it say after? Come before Him with gladness. If you take the first letters, of those following words, Bo Lefanov Birnana, it's believe with heart. We have to come to Hashem with our heart filled with joy, filled with gratitude, 
and thanks. El bishosh adam omed betfila yesamech sheoved leloka sheein kamosa baolam. When a person is praying, he has to pray with an absolute joy that he is praying to the Creator of heaven and earth that there is nothing that comes close to God. There is nothing that is that is as great as God. And don't act with lightheadedness in front of the Almighty. Synagogue is not a time for a kiddush club that you can do outside the sanctuary. Inside the sanctuary, this is the place of Hashem. This is the place where we talk to God. It's not a place to schmooze with our friends. It's not a place. I remember I was once in a synagogue where the rabbi stopped in middle of the Torah reading. The Torah reading is not always exciting for everyone. Many people can't read the Hebrew. They hear the, the laning. They hear the reading of the Torah. But they don't understand what's going on. They can even follow along. But they don't know what's going on. It's, it's just a time to catch up with my friends. The rabbi stopped the reading of the Torah. He says, my dear friends, I just want to put something into perspective. He says, what are we doing now? We're reading the words of Hashem in his Torah. Hashem is talking to us. Hashem is telling us, giving us guidance from his Torah. It's not a time to be talking while God's talking. I thought it was a very important perspective. Sometimes we're talking to God in prayer and we're going to be talking to our friends. That's total disrespect. There are great powers there are great gifts that are tangibly ready and available for a person who accepts upon themselves not to talk in true. There are so many stories of people who had terrible illness and doctors said there's no hope and they accepted upon themselves not to talk in true. And they benefited from absolute 100% healing. It's really a very powerful omen to declare that one is not talking in synagogue. Oh, but Rabbi, I don't know what I'm saying anyways. I might as well just make it meaningful that I'm there with my friends. That's great. Do that outside. Inside, even if a person doesn't understand anything, to just sit and contemplate, I'm standing in the house of Hashem. When King Saul and David were in the cave, they knew and they saw. A person doesn't stand with his money or with his wisdom or with his courage. But you know what stands for a person? Tfilaso. His prayer. His prayer. Your money can only do that much. Your charisma, your courage, your character can only do that much. Your, your wisdom can only do that much. Your prayer, that can do everything. Kiskil David Viyada, the Omar She'ain Tov Lo Elatfila. King David saw this, and that's why he composed one of the Psalms, Maskil Le David. I have come to the understanding. King David says that only prayer is my power. The only thing that I have is prayer. So now, in conclusion, after all of these different phrases, words of inspiration from the Talmud, from the Midrash, we conclude 
after all of these things that we learn from our sages. How important it is for us that our prayers be properly placed with the right decorum, with the right dignity, that we have our prayers with proper respect. We are going to approach the King of all kings, creator of heaven and earth, and talk to him directly. That when we look into the and inquire about each word of our prayer and understand them, It'll give us tremendous ability to have kavanah, focus, and intention in our prayers. Therefore, it's very important for us to take the time to study prayer and to invest in understanding every word of what we're going to say. We're saying mode'ani. We're saying the, the, the blessings, the hundred blessings a day. It shouldn't just become rote. We're just saying thank you. It should be a unique, special thank you. I, I say this I say this to my children. I try to implement this myself. When you're a guest in someone's home, I think the worst compliment you can give the hostess is the compliment of saying thank you for everything. What do you mean thank you for everything? Thank you for everything is just one blanket. I don't want to owe you anything. I don't want to be in debt in saying thank you. But to really give proper thanks is to recognize the bread that you baked, the challah was delicious, and the fish, and the, the, the table was so beautifully set, and the dinnerware, and the wine, and the fish, and the soup, the main course, and everything that was the dessert, each and everything. I love the little mint leaf that you put on top of the dessert. Every detail. That's a whole different thank you. So yes, would it suffice if someone just said to Hashem, Hashem, thank you for everything. I love you, Hashem. Thank you. Or if we stop and we give thanks and say to Hashem, Hashem, thank you for my eyesight. Thank you for giving me the ability to hear. Thank you for the, for the pleasure of being able to smell delicious aromas, to smell coffee, to taste delicious foods, to be able to talk, to sing, to be able to see a beautiful world, to be able to walk from place to place, to experience great joy, to go into each of these things and recognizing and giving thanks. It's saying not only thank you for everything, it's thank you for this and thank you for that and thank you for this and thank you for that and to take every moment that we have on this earth to never take it for granted, to never take it as a given. Oh, it's just, this is the way it is. This is what everyone experiences. So why should I have to give special thanks? No. Take the moment, take the time out of your day and give a special thanks. Hashem, thank you for this. You have a special experience. You have something unique that comes up. Hashem, thank you for this. Oh, thank you for everything. No, 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 no. That doesn't suffice. That's releasing you of debt. It's not building your relationship. 
Hashem should bless us all. That we should merit to utilize our prayers as a tool, as a vessel through which we continue to connect to God on the greatest level possible. And all of our prayers, God willing, will be accepted lovingly in front of the Almighty. Amen.